Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we are helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king. King Jesus, that is. I'm telling you, friend, he's the best one to be working for. Don't delay. Accept Jesus today. And the Bible makes it very clear. How do you get saved? Well, I'm telling you, 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 you need to get around somebody uh, where they can tell you what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe you've already heard that, so you're familiar that he came to seek and save that which was lost. And through his death on the cross, you didn't have to hang there yourself. He bore your sins on and in himself. And then in three days, he rose from the dead and provided a way for you to be born again. That's the, that's the, that's the simple, the very basic gospel. And I'm telling you, friend, if you are familiar with that, then you need to confess it. The Bible says that if you will believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was your substitute for sin, and then confess with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior, the Bible says you will be saved. You'll be born again. Hallelujah. Now, listen, if you're unfamiliar with the basic concepts of what is the gospel, then you need to get a hold of somebody that's close to you or call us. You can get a hold of our ministry here and we'll give you the rundown on what the gospel is. But I'm telling you, friends, do not delay except Jesus today. We're at the very end of the age and uh, you don't want to miss out on everything that God is going to do. You don't want to miss out on your salvation. Hallelujah. Well, that's not my podcast today, but um, man, my heart just goes out to those that you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ. Just do it today, friend. Well, listen, thank you for tuning in. We do have a great podcast planned today. And, you know, I don't always have the titles ahead of time, but today I do. And, uh, man, I was just going back in some notes, and this really came up strong in my heart. I want to cover this topic, and we may do a couple podcasts on this, but it's called Work and Its Reward. Work and and its reward. Let's get into this today. Proverbs eighteen sixteen. it says this, a man's gift makes room for him. A man's gift makes room for him and will bring him before great men. Hallelujah. Now, uh, kind of get ahead of myself here and then we'll backtrack some, but uh, the Lord has put things in you. Uh, maybe we could call it endowments. There are things that he has invested in in you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, one of my favorite passages, it says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, and uh, he prepared things ahead of time that we should walk in them, or he prepared a good work ahead of time that we should walk it out, or walk it through, or walk that path. And so, um, one big paradigm uh, of scripture is that he is the alpha and the omega he's the beginning and the end one thing god does is he goes all the way to the to a destination and he arranges that destination then he comes all the way back to where you and i are and says hey follow me this this way 
And it's up to you to stay close. It's up to you to follow. It's up to you to uh, be led of him like a good sheep because he's going to take you to where the green grass is and the still waters and where there's peace for your, for your soul. Some people don't follow very well. But, uh, and so therefore they don't wind up where they need to be, but this is how God works. He'll go all the way into the future. He is the alpha and the omega. He's, he's the, um, he's the Aleph and the Tav. He's the beginning and the end. He will secure that destination, that end point. He'll go way up into the future. Then he'll come back down here and he'll begin to reveal the future to you so that you can follow along. Well, along the way, he's put all this stuff in you. He said, he's going to finish the work that he started in you. He's going to bring you into completion. All the endowments, all the giftings, the graces, the things that he's put in you, uh, that which he's done in you, he intends to do through you. So that which is in you is going to have to come out of you. He will help you bring that to pass. He will cause it to come to pass. So there are giftings in you, friend. Now, you may not think you are very gifted, you may not think that you have much to offer, but that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are highly invested. In fact, we found out that there is a, 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 a treasure. There is a glory invested in earthen vessels. That's you. You are a vessel made of the dirt of the ground. He fashioned and formed you, and then he put something valuable on the inside of you. Not only did he put his life in you, he put his spirit in you if you're born again, but he also put gifts graces. He, 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 he put a calling on you. You are something special, friend. I just have to have, have to say it. You are amazing. Uh, but yet we're not experiencing that. We're, we're not benefiting from how he's put you in the, in the world. We may not be benefiting from your place of the body. If you want to go to first, first Corinthians, where he said he places in the body as he sees fit. Uh, you know, Paul used this metaphor of a literal body, you know, hand, foot, knee, eye, head, you know, et cetera, shoulders. Uh, if you are uniquely designed, great and gifted and put in the body in a particular place, then graces and giftings are associated with that place. But if you don't know anything about them, if you don't know how to put your faith in them, if you don't know how to demonstrate it, then we aren't benefiting from it. Hallelujah. And we need to benefit from it. I'm, I'm placing a demand on you right now that you would wake up. You would come out of uh, sleepism. You know, somebody say, oh, these people are woke. Well, no, they're really sleep, sleepy. It's not wokeism. It's sleepism. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that funny that the devil would take that word and he would try and use it as a way to define these people that are quote unquote enlightened as being woke. No, you are about as dead as a doornail. You are sleeping and you, not only are you asleep, you are obnoxiously snoring. Hallelujah. No, people need to wake up to who they are in Christ Jesus, come out of their slumber, come out of this sleep. It's almost like dead men walking. In fact, the Bible refers to people who have passed from this life into the next life as just taking a spiritual nap. Well, a lot of people, they're dead. You need to wake up. You need to be alive. And part of being alive is recognizing, hey, look, God's put stuff in me. He's put, he's got a call on me. There's a destiny. There's a purpose. There's gift things and graces that are in me and on me. And I need to utilize them. I need to take advantage of them. I need to demonstrate them. And we want you to, because we can't do what we do without your part. All these parts are working together. My part works together syn uh, synchronously, uh, like a gear. It, it 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 meshes. It connects with what what you're doing and what other people are supposed to be doing. And the output and the synergy 
will be massive when we all really get dialed in to what we were created to do. And that's kind of what I want to talk about work and its reward. All this will fit together today. So Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift will make room for you. I could say it like this. There's already room for you because God designed the space for your gifting. Uh, and it'll bring you before great men. Now, where is this gift? Where is this gift? Well, ultimately, it's on the inside of you. It's invested in you. And we know uh, if we take the 30,000-foot view that everything works in a seed principle. So there, there's a gift in you, but it may not be in its fullness. It may not be in its condition where it's just bearing fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit, but it's in seed form. And if you take that seed form and you begin to nurture it and work it, develop it and prune it and trim it, discipline it and work it, et cetera, then it'll grow and it'll produce. And that gift will be something that other people can come and receive of, of its fruit, but it's on the inside of you. Now, how do you unlock it? This is where I really want to dial into this word in the title, work and its reward. How do you unlock this potential or let me say it like this, because I really don't like that word potential. How do you unlock the purpose that's on the inside of you? How do you unlock the gifting that's on the inside of you? Well, you work it out. That's how, that's how you work it out. You work it out. Now, some of y'all are familiar with that kind of phrase. Well, just work it out. You work it out. Well, that is such a true statement to take that gift, that purpose that's on the inside of you to take the reason why you're here and bring it to bear, you work it out. Now, I came across this uh, definition some years ago, and I wrote it down because I really liked it. And it's a definition of work. If you're taking notes, you, you know, you need to write this down because you need to meditate on this. What is work? What is, what is work? Uh, it is a four-letter word, but it's not a four-letter word. It is not a curse word. Work is a tremendous revelation of how things work in the spirit. What is work? I'm going to give you a basic functional functioning uh, definition. Work is the pressure needed to draw out the gifts and callings of God on the inside of you. Work is the pressure needed or necessary to draw out the gifts and callings of God on the inside of you. Things have been invested in you. How do you get it out of you? You work it out. You work it out. You need the pressure to draw out or put a demand on the gifts and the callings that he has invested in you. Think of a woman pregnant with a child. Like uh, when the angel told Mary that the Holy Spirit would conceive in you. All of God's plans for you are in him and, he, and will be conceived in you by the Holy Spirit. So here, so the conception part uh, required nothing of you. It required nothing of Mary other than we could say it, it, it required her faith. Remember what she said? She said, be it done unto me according to thy words. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So um, I suppose if you want to say it like this, that it did require faith. But w the point that I want to make is, is the conception part was the work of the Holy Ghost. Mary said, hey, I am, I am willing, I am available, I am a vessel, come on, into which you can invest something. She said, be it done unto me, exactly as you have revealed it to me, I receive it in the name of Jesus. But, the, but that impregnation 
uh, didn't require much of Mary. That was the work of the Lord. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. And he will do the same thing for you. People say, I don't understand how this can be. Uh, you know, and if we could take this thought and apply it to a lot of different ways, let me give you this as, as a freebie. But a lot of people feel stuck. They feel like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I am, I haven't been educated. I haven't been trained. I don't know how to do that. I've, I've never done that. I, you know, I'm not even familiar with the concept or whatever. That's okay. If God is revealing something to you, don't worry about you trying to figure out how it's going to be done. Just allow him to conceive a thing in you. Mary just said, how can this be? I've never been with a man. Holy Spirit said, or the angel said, hey, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and he's going to, he, he, he is going to uh, put this thing in you. He's going to uh, seed this thing in you. You know, listen, if you're on the cusp of something and God says, hey, I want you to do this, and you, you can't figure out how, you've never done it before, listen, don't get all wrapped up in the how. Same thing that happened to Mary is going to happen to you. I'm telling you right now, how is that going to happen? Well, Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you're going to get pregnant with something. Now, what you got to do is just receive the implanting of the word. What you have to do is just received, uh, just receive that conception. Hallelujah. He is giving you everything you need. You just need to receive it, even if you don't understand it, just like Mary did, did here. So the conception part required nothing of her. It requires nothing of you. You are just the host, if, if you will. But when it comes time for the child to be born or time for this plan to be made visible, manifested, or to take on itself substance, the process of birthing uh, of that thing, well, uh, which was once just a thought, maybe it was a dream, but it's now it's coming time for it to become a reality. This process is called labor. Let me read, read that over to you one more time. So the conception part required nothing from you. You are just the host. But when it comes time for the child to be born or time for this plan to be made visible, manifested, or to take on substance, the process of birthing of that, which was once just a thought or a dream and is now becoming a reality, this process is called labor. Labor. That process is called labor. Now, Mary had to receive the word of the Lord. She said, let it be done unto me, according as you have said. She received uh, the conception of that thing. She uh, received the seed of the word. Uh, she became pregnant with the thing, just like you and I, we become pregnant. Hallelujah. We become pregnant with the word of the Lord. But I'm telling you, there comes a point where we enter into a work or a labor Come on, and that labor process is the pressure. Come on, this work, come on, is the pressure by which we bring forth that which has been invested in us. Matthew eleven thirty says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God's way cannot be violated. But in contrast to the world's way, his ways are lighter and easier. So we don't have to be afraid that we're not going to have what it takes, that we're going to be broken under the burden or the weight of what he's asked us to do. No, no, no. No, his, his ways are light. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Now, let's look at uh, Genesis 1, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. 
Verse 27 in the Amplified says, So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. All right, so God created man in his image and likeness and gave to man authority and dominion over everything. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, Then the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. God plants a garden and then puts man into it. (laughs) Hallelujah. What do you think God is more interested in producing? Plants, fruit, or a man after his own image? Let me say that again. So God creates a garden, and it's eastward in Eden, and then he puts the man in the garden that he created. Now, it's very interesting here. God creates this garden, and then he puts the man in it, okay? What do you think God is more interested in? What is he more interested in producing? Plants, vegetable, fruit, trees, grasses, bushes, flowers? Or is he more interested in producing a man after his own image? Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to, watch this, tend and to keep it. We could add these these thoughts. He put man there to cultivate or to dress it. Now listen, man was not created for the garden. The garden was created for the man. This is very important. Man was not created for the garden. The garden was created for man. The dominion potential inside of man is unlocked by the place or the location of the assignment, the working out or the tending to the, quote, work God places you into. Let me say that one more time. The dominion potential that was in man is unlocked by the place of assignment, the working out, the laboring, or the tending to the work God places you into. I like how the Bible says that God created a garden and then put the man in it. What's the highlight or the focal point or the object in God's garden? Well, it's the production of men, the growing or the developing of his sons and daughters. Once again, how is this accomplished? The work God places you into is designed to draw out of you the hidden potential or the supernatural, godlike qualities, the dominion power, the authority, etc., that he has invested on the inside of you. Listen, work is a kingdom concept. Work is a revelation of how things work in the spirit. Again, our functioning definition of work was what? The pressure needed or required to draw out the gifts and callings of God on the inside of you. Once again, God, God created a garden. He put man in, in there. What was God's intention? Not just producing plants. His intention was, I'm going to produce a man in my image. Hallelujah. And in order to do that, he had to put him in an environment, come on, that would place a demand upon the dominion, the authority, the power, the insight, the concepts, the wisdom, the knowledge, etc., on the inside of man. Hallelujah. Luke 19, verse 16. 
Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned, has earned 10 minus. Verse 17, and he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a little, I'm going to give you authority over 10 cities. Remember that? That's Luke 19, 16 and 17. Here's, here's the point. The reward for good work is more work. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Man, I tell you, I'm probably going to get some hate mail over that. If there's ever been anything so counterculture, uh, countercultural to our Western mindset, it's this paradigm that I'm talking about right here. We got people who are, are working their entire life to get to this point where they don't have to do any more work. Um, yeah, and, and, and really, if you look up the word retire or retirement, it's not in the scripture anywhere. Um, the idea is that there really is no point to where you cease from working. Um, now, listen, I'm, I'm not against retirement. I'm, I'm not against any of that. That's, that's beyond the point of what I want to go today. The main point that I want to reveal is that in, in God's way of thinking, if work is the catalyst that draws out the qualities of God that he's placed in you, then he will never look to relieve you from work. He will constantly reward you with more things, more environments that will place demand on the glory that's invested in you. We know that as work. What is our labor? I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I'm going to wrap this podcast up today talking about, briefly, talking about the difference between a job and work. Most people have a job mindset. They don't have a work mindset. They have, I need to go do this thing in exchange for some money so I can live. Well, that, that wasn't God's intention behind work. Listen, God's intention behind work is or was this. I'll provide for you if you'll go work. If you'll go work, I'll take care of all of your needs. Why? Because in that place of work and labor, the things that I have invested in you will come to life. Hallelujah, friend. And it doesn't matter how old you are, but we don't need to have this paradigm of one day I'm going to get to this point and I don't have to do anything anymore. No, no, no. Because God is this infinite, hallelujah. He is this infinite revelation. And he's going to, it would be his desire. Let me say it like this. It would be his desire that you would stay, come on, in a place of assignment, that you would stay in a place where the catalyst that or the pressure that's against you would continue to draw out more revelation of who he is in you. Hallelujah. I mean, not only for your own sake, but for all of creation's sake. Hallelujah. Remember when he was even created man, a, a creating man? You can see it in Psalm 8. The angels said, what is man that you are so mindful of him that you have crowned him with glory? Even the angels are anticipating what revelation of the Father is going to come out of these, uh, this, this creation you're calling man. Oh, hallelujah. Think about that. Things the angels don't even know because he's invested it into you. Manifold wisdom of God, he said in Ephesians, was invested in you. And the only way 
other powers, other principalities, other beings, other creations. The only way that they are going to understand some of that manifold wisdom of God is when and if it comes through the church, the born again, the body of Christ Jesus. That's That's been invested in us. Hallelujah. So the dominion potential inside of man is unlocked by the place of assignment. The authority that God's given to you is unlocked, if you will. The catalyst of bringing that out in his fullness uh, is connected to your place of assignment. The working out or the tending to the work, the W-O-R-K, the work God places you into. Again, we see here that the reward for good work. Now, I just picked one of these verses out. Let me see here. Uh, Yeah, I didn't add any more. There are several places where you can see this, but the reward for good work is more work. Uh, The reward for being found faithful is more responsibility. I mean, it's kind of backwards. I mean, we think, hey, I've done everything. I'm done. No, no, God's saying, look, you, you, you have done such a good job. Hallelujah. I want to reward you with more. Oh, praise the Lord. So look at this in Luke 19. Here, this particular story, the context here, is this guy, uh, he, 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 allowed the, he allowed the mina to bring out qualities on the inside of him. He brought a multiplication to it. The master said, well done, servant. You, you, you were faithful in this little. Uh, I'm going to bring you into more. And uh, so the reward for good work is more work. But why be placed over 10 cities? Why be placed over 10 cities? Because he grew. He developed. Desiring more in this sense. When we say, um, you know, for somebody to be like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be faithful here, but I desire to, to, to have more. Maybe it's more finances. Maybe it's more resources. Maybe it's more, whatever. Uh, the desire for more in this sense is not greed, but growth. Hallelujah. That's a freebie. You need to meditate that. In the right perspective, the desire for more is not greed. It can be growth. More can be a byproduct of spiritual development. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 11, let's look at this. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the what? For the work of the ministry. Equipping for work. Christ gave gifts that are equipping us for work. Hallelujah. Some have been given the assignment of helping you and I equip ourselves for work. Why? Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. We should no longer be children. That's found in verse 14. Let me say this. The inability or the lack of stamina and or endurance to sustain a work in many cases is a sign of immaturity. Look at Hebrews 5.12. Hebrews 5.12. Let me read that again. He said, I'm going to give you gifts. This is in Ephesians. You turn to Hebrews 5. But in Ephesians, he says, I'm going to give you gifts. And these gifts are going to equip you. They're going to posture you. They're going to position you. They're going to mature you. Uh, It also includes, uh, it's uh, the Greek word there, 
uh, means like the mending of a broken bone. These gifts are going to come in and they're going to they're, they're going to fix you if you're broken. They're going to rearrange you if you're out of alignment. And then they're going to uh, posture, position, and mature you so that what? You can turn your attention to the work. Listen, God created a garden, then he put the man in it. These gifts are helping us to turn our attention to the thing that God has created for us, the plan, the assignment, the pathway, the work that he's laid out ahead of us. These gifts are coming alongside to get us in a position to where we can recognize what our work is and then go out there and get in it. Why? God created the garden. He put the man in it. Why did he do that? Because he put things in man, come on, that the environment will place a demand on, not so that he can produce plants and trees and flowers, so that he can produce men, or we we should say this, he can produce sons. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews 5.12. For by this time, by this time, by this time, I, I, I thought of this, okay, time, 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 time. By this time, what time? Well, this thought, puberty, the season of transition into maturity. By this time, he says, uh, you, you should have been teachers. Remember that? Hebrews 5.12. By this time, you should have been teachers. This season, you should have already transitioned into your work. Uh, by this time, you should have already have been uh, mended up. You should already been patched up. You should already been positioned. You should already been postured. You should already have been uh, equipped uh, so that your your attention could be turned towards what? Your work. Where the understanding of your place, the identification with your image will lend to you operating on a level you have been encouraged to demonstrate. The understanding of your place the identification with the image that you're created uh, in should lend to you that you would operate on the level that you have been encouraged to demonstrate. Look at verse 12. You need someone now to teach you again the first principles. You've come to need milk and not solid food. More responsibility is solid food. More responsibility, more kingdom responsibility more kingdom work is solid food. Hallelujah. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are what? Of full age. That is those who by reason of use, by reason of what? By reason of work, come on, have their senses exercised to discern both good and and evil. Look at, uh, go back to Ephesians chapter four, or let me just read it to you. Verse 15, it says, but may grow up into all things into him. Him who? Well, him, the the image of dominion over all things, him who, him Christ, who is the head, Christ. Christ is what? Christ is the anointing of dominion. That's what I'm going to use for our conversation here. So we don't, uh, we, we don't want to stay immature, but by reason of our work, come on, we have progressed, we have matured, we have moved over into, come on, the identification with the image into which we're being conformed to. How is that happening? By reason of work, by reason of use, the pressure that is applied to us. Now, listen, some, some people think 
um, since we've been talking about Hebrews chapter five here, where he's he's literally saying, by this time you ought to be teachers. Some people are sitting there going, "Are you kidding me? I don't know anything. I, you know, you know, what am I going to say? What am I going to teach? Uh, what am I going to do? Who, who am I? Listen, hear, hear what the Spirit would say to you right now. Things have been invested in you. Listen, He said by this time. He, you know, He's not the Holy Spirit. Isn't just randomly making stupid stuff up. Listen, every word he says is very intentional. And sometimes you don't know where you are unless somebody, come on, who has a third-party perspective, right, can give you some clue about where you are really at. So he's saying, by this time, you ought to be teachers. And you're saying, oh, I, don't, I don't even know what I would say. Well, listen, if you'll, get, if you'll get in the place where the pressure is applied to you, come on, that which has been invested in you the last 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of sitting under the word, sitting under the word, meditating in the word, doing your own Bible studies, doing your own devotionals, reading through the scriptures, maybe doing a Bible reading plan. Some people say, well, I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, look, you you don't even know what you're capable of until you get into the environment, come on, where the catalyst places pressure on you to draw out the giftings that are on the inside of you. Some of these people just needed a stern rebuke in this sense. You don't even know what's in you, so get over here. Get under the pressure of, 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 of having to have something to say led by the Holy Spirit week after week after week and watch what that work or that labor births coming out of you. you be, some, some people take this like, and it's just Satan. It's a lie. It's the devil barraging your mind, hitting you against the head, telling you you're worthless, you're nothing, you're stupid. But listen, the word, the word of God uh, has an agency to it. There is a supernatural intellect and supernatural intelligence. There is a life. The word is living. Uh, okay, I mean, it is not... Uh, I don't even know how to say it, but, but uh, like, uh, for example... All matter is made up of atoms, A-T-O-M, atoms. And atoms are made up of quarks, Q-U-A-R-K-S, quarks. What are quarks made up of? Quarks are made up of sound waves. Listen, the word is living. It is a person, and he became flesh so we could behold him in his glory that was jesus took upon himself flesh well that's what the word does the word takes upon itself substance this is why when they really get down to as far as we've been able to see right now uh god revealed it to us that's the only way we could see it god allowed us to see it is that all things are made up of words listen it is powerful the word of god has its own life has its own agency has its own intellect, has its own intelligence. And for the last 25 years, 30 years, 15 years, 10 years, five years, however long, you've been sitting under that word. You've been feasting on that word. You've, you've allowed that word to get down in your heart, to get down in your heart, to get down in your heart. And I'm telling you, wherever you have not allowed offenses to rob that word, there is a harvest, there is a... Um, 
there is a tremendous thing on the inside of you. There is revelation knowledge. There, there is fruit that that word has bore on the inside of you. But if you don't get over here under the pressure to get that out, to have some little Bible study or maybe a little simple reading or, you know, you pray about it. I mean, God forbid that you would pray and say, God, what do you want me to say? Right? <laughs> no, don't, don't forbid that. I'm just saying if you would allow the pressure of the accountability if you would allow the pressure of having to get up in front of somebody, whether it's, you know, your family for family devotionals, whether it's your spouse, maybe it's your children, uh, you know, if you homeschool or before they go to school or, you know, maybe it's to a coworker or, you know, maybe it's a, maybe you are in an environment where you could do a Bible study or on Facebook live, or you could do this or you could do that, you know, but, but the work is the catalyst needed come on to draw that out this is what he's saying by this time you uh ought to at least have been teachers but because there's been no reason of use there's been no working it out what happened you went backwards you digressed uh because you didn't place demand on the fruit he said, in some ways, you're going to have to start over a little bit here. Now, I think what he's saying, it's not so much that the incorruptible seed of the word has somehow become corrupted, but offense has robbed it. Uh, other cares have robbed it. Maybe your own insecurities have robbed certain things. Uh, you're diminished in that sense. Uh, but he's saying, look, if you will recognize you've come into now a quote a spiritual puberty of sorts where now work is required of you you're not going to be associated as a baby anymore um you know if, if you go back to you know traditional um you know uh, old jewish traditions when a boy became 12 no longer would they look at him as a child or or a toddler no, we're going to look at you now because you're coming into puberty. You're coming into a transitional period where you are putting away childish things, and now you are looking forward towards what? Taking your place in the work of the family. And in, in, uh, in ancient tradition, by the time a young man was you know 13 or 14, he had already discovered where he was going to start apprenticing. Because it was expected, listen, get into your work. Uh, most people see it as a lifelong bondage. Oh, I got to find my work. I got to go get a job. Well, a job is your problem, but I'm going to talk, talk about that in a second. But they didn't see it as a, a negative. They saw it as this work is going to draw out of me the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you'll see it that way, that way too, friend, you'll stop putting stuff off and you'll fight. Where's my work? Where's my work? Where's the pressure? Where's the pressure that the God image of me uh, is going to bloom and develop and be seen and come out? Not only for my own, uh, like, whoa, that's amazing, but for others' benefit as well. That's what this verse is talking about here. Transitioning into this. And, and then when you see that, God would honor you and bless you with more responsibility. Whoa, 
then what we do is we say, I've grown, I've grown. This guy that received uh, the responsibility over 10 cities, listen, you got to see how he saw that. I've grown, I've developed, hallelujah. I'm being rewarded with more work. That is a place of spiritual maturity that's come out. That's what I'm saying. The desire for more is not greed. The desire for more is growth. Hallelujah. All right. So he says this, we grow up into all things. We grow up into him, the image of dominion. We grow up into that place. We mature into this place. Here's a garden. I'm going to put man in there. Why am I putting man in the garden? Because in man is where I invested dominion, authority, power, glory, life, etc. I'm going to grow up into that place of dominion. I'm going to come into the anointing of that dominion so that I can be about my father's work. So how do you grow? How do you grow? Well, again, one way is through work. Ephesians 4, 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Watch this. What's the end result? It causes growth for the edifying of itself in love. Everyone doing their part causes growth. The difference, let me close with this. How much time do I have? All right. The difference between just having a job and having work to do is a job may not put a demand on the anointing in you. Let me say that again. The difference between just going out here and, quote, getting a job versus locating the garden, come on, into which God wants to place you. The difference between job and your work or the place of assignment where God will put you to tend, the difference is that the job may not put a demand on the anointing in you. A just, just a job, a J-O-B, may not place demand on the anointing in you. And here's one reason why. A job, a J-O-B, doesn't require your heart. And therefore, many people who just simply have a, quote, job, they're not a blessing to their employer. <laughs> a lot of people just looking for a job. Just you know, and right now this is being recorded in 2022. It's uh, March 2022. You know, we've just come through two years of this crazy COVID mess, and uh, through it, a lot of people were being subsidized to stay home. That was dumb, and then. About a year ago, we started seeing all these businesses get hurt because nobody was working. And so some of these businesses were competing against one another with these sign-on bonuses. And uh, we run a operation here, and we have uh, several employees. 
uh, I think at one time we had 24 through COVID. I think we're down to about 17 or so. And uh, we were needing some more help. But I said, look, the problem is that people are not even wanting to work, number one. And the jobs that they are going after, they're waiting until somebody offers a sign-on bonus that's bigger than the next guy. And so they're really not even there to work. They're just after the sign-on bonus. And I said, we're not going to do a sign-on bonus because then we're only going to attract people who are just here for the sign-on bonus. They really don't have any intention of putting their heart into this. And that's the problem that, that we've been through in the last couple of years during this stinking COVID mess. And it, it, But really, it's brought to bear where people's hearts are really at. Now, listen, if you're born again, you don't think like that. And I pray if you are born again, you don't think like that because that is not how things work in the kingdom. Uh, number one, the work that he has for us is totally different than just a job. If you're out here just looking for a job, you may not realize that God wants to provide for, for you. You may not realize that God wants to send you, come on, to work, um, but then take care of all your needs. He wants to take care of your provision so your heart can be in your work, not so that your heart will be on the provision. A lot of people are doing, um, you know, they're doing this and that, but their minds are really only on what is it? What is in this for me? 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 Hallelujah. Um, I'm giving you some things maybe to, to consider, uh, maybe to evaluate, reevaluate how you are approaching things right now. You don't need just a job, friend. What you need is to locate your work. You need to find that garden that God has prepared for you. Listen, you're not prepared for the garden. The garden is prepared for you. And the pressure that you're going to discover in that garden is intentionally arranged in such a way where the gifts and callings that have been invested in you will come to light. That's the work that you want to find right now, a place where you can put your heart in, a place where you can rest your purpose in, a place where you go uh, knowing, oh, hallelujah, that God didn't send me here um, at my own expense. God has put me here because this is where everything that he's put in me is going to come to light. And really, you can kind of rest your cares and concerns about how he's going to provide. Listen, God will take care of your needs in, in, in order. You can stay in your work. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if, if you'll get this shifted around in your thinking, he'll pay you way more than you're worth anyways. You can go over here. You can go over here to one of these little places offering a sign-on bonus and all this kind of stuff, and they're fighting over competitive wages and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you can go out there, and, and that can be your sole thing. But I'm telling you, if, 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 if you will allow the Lord to maybe re, readjust you slightly, uh, then you will find a place that will uh, be the place where you put your heart in, okay? And when God sees that you put your heart in there, I'm telling you, he's going to provide for you way more. <laughs> in the end, friend, you will be more blessed. Hallelujah. Uh, because... Proverbs 10, 22 says that the blessing will make you rich and he will require no toil for it. Listen, a job will require you to toil and then will shortchange you 
at the end of the, of the, of the day. Now, let me say this. Uh, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. That is a kingdom principle. There's no way around that. But it doesn't say if a man doesn't have a job. Listen, everybody is, is, is expected to work. Everybody is expected to locate their place and to do their share. That is a kingdom principle. But I'm saying that the devil would love to exchange the Babylonian concept and really get you as a slave, a prisoner, and just throw you garlic, leeks, you know, junk food. He would, you know, just give you enough, you know, slip the bowl of soup under your prison door, just enough to get you to exchange your labor for the sensation that your needs are getting met. But I'm telling you, the Babylonian system is a trap. It is a, uh, it is not a godly concept. God wants you to locate your work. Listen, you find your work, you become independent from the Babylonian system. And in that place, the blessing will increase you. And as you begin to release and uh, demonstrate the authority and the dominion and the giftings and the callings, what will that do? It will maneuver you. It will place you before great men. What did, what did that verse say? That, verse, that very first verse, it says it will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. Listen, the job won't place a demand on the anointing. Only your work will place a demand on the calling. Job doesn't care about your gifting. Job is just needing you to come in and slave labor for them, and they'll slip you a little bowl of, of soup and some hard bread. The work, come on, the garden, God designed for you and says, I'm going to put you in there. What it's going to do is when those giftings begin to come out of you, it will begin to maneuver you. Those, those giftings and callings begin to move you. They begin to make room for you. Things open up for you. Opportunities open up for you. The blessing begins to roll in on you. That gifting and the calling that your work, your ordained, your assigned work, that, uh, the, um, uh, that, that pressure that brings out the anointing, it will begin to put you before great men. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. Let's see here. So again, a job doesn't require your heart. You need to do something that you can put your heart in. If you can't put your heart into it, man, I'm just cautioning you. I mean, not only are you not going to be any good for your employer, if you can't put your heart there, uh, you are not going to be a good employee. I mean, if you cannot put your heart there, you are not worth your wage. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, but I'm telling you, if you can put your heart there, if your heart rests and trusts safely there, you may have located your assignment. And it may be for a season. I'm not saying you're going to get this one place and it's going to be where you'll die. Um, there's progression. There's promotion. But I'm saying if you can't put your heart there, what are you doing? Um, if, if you cannot put your heart there, the devil's got a hook. And you need to recognize his schemes against you because, man, it'll be toilsome. There will be so much toil there. It will not be worth it, friend. Hallelujah. You'll, 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 you'll be toiling, and you're not going to get anything for it. So your work, your assigned work, will always place a demand on the anointing. 
and your work, your assigned work, the garden that God created before he put the man in it, your work will always require your heart and soul. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, that is good. That is godly. You know, I love what I do. I I mean, I absolutely love what I do. And I do a lot of things. You know, you've heard the old saying, we wear many hats. I mean, we got dozens of hats. And sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes I am exhausted and I'm tired. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I just don't, you know, it's emotional. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, my heart is in it. My soul is in it. I love what I do. I have found a place where I can be like, all right, God, let's, let's, let's let it all out. Let's, let's, let's work it out here. Hallelujah. So whatever you put your heart into, or let me say it like this, whenever you put your heart into something, you will always be a blessing to that situation. When you release the blessing, Proverbs 10, 22, when you release the blessing, the blessing will make you rich. So whenever you put your heart into something, there will be a blessing that is released into the situation. When the blessing is released, this is why you don't want to do something you can't put your heart into. It's a trap, friend. It is a spiritual law that is working against you at that point. If you can't put your heart into it, then you are unable to release the blessing. And if you cannot release the blessing into that situation, you are not going to prosper through it. I don't care what, you know, let's say that uh, maybe, let's say that they agree uh, and they set up the arrangement to where we're going to pay you, you know, $20 an hour. If you can put your heart in it, then what will happen is the blessing will begin to uh, be released in that situation. And there will be a an increase come to it because where the anointing, come on, where the, where the anointing is released, things begin to happen. Where the presence of the Lord is, where the ways of the kingdom, where the word is released, things begin to transpire. If you can put your heart into that, you already agreed for $20 an hour. All right, great, great, great. I agree for $20 an hour. Fine, fine, fine. Whatever. Let's say you agree for less or more, $50 an hour, whatever. Maybe, I don't even know, what is minimum wage in Arkansas? I have no idea. What is it, $15 something? I don't know, 12, whatever. Let's say you agreed to that. Then you put your heart into it. You don't keep your heart out of it. That's stupid, friend. Listen, if you are a born-again believer, put the spiritual laws to work for you. Don't get over here thinking that the Babylonian system is going to take care of you. It's not. You are where you are because you are assigned. You are where you are because that's where God has said, I need you to get in here and to tend this for me. So let's say that you're there and you agree on minimum wage. Well, you're going to put your heart into it. And you're never going to question uh, why you're there because you're not working for man. You're not working for the system. You're working for the Lord. You agreed on this. Then you put your heart into it. But when you put your heart into it, you enact a spiritual law and you begin to release the blessing. And guess what the blessing does? Proverbs 10, 22, it will make you rich. 
the blessing will begin to prosper you, but you agreed on minimum wage. It doesn't matter. You could agree on $20, $50, doesn't matter. I mean, there's an agreement there, but I'm saying it doesn't matter. You put your heart into it and you begin to put a spiritual law into operation for you and you invite, oh, hallelujah, you begin as you are releasing because uh, you got your heart into it. Now the anointing, come on, there's pressure now. That work is going to draw out of you giftings, callings, the anointing is going to come out of you and you release the blessing and the blessing begins to go to work and it begins to make you rich. You agreed on minimum wage, but the blessing is what? Drawing things to you, drawing bonuses to you, drawing checks in the mail to you, drawing gifts coming to you. People uh, will take notice of you. Favor will begin to take notice of you. You're just the you're just a low man on on, on you know on the totem pole. You're you're sacking groceries for you know uh, minimum wage, but yet you're driving a brand new car. You know money just came. To, the blessing just can't. Why? Because you put your heart into it. Hallelujah. Whenever you tap into the heart, you release anointing. And when you touch the anointing, you touch supernatural ability and insight. Hallelujah. So the problem, and I'll leave you with this, the problem with just looking for a job is that it exposes something in your motive. You're looking for a place to just get something. You think you just, you're just going to exchange this for that. And you think that it'll require nothing of you. And I'm telling you, a job doesn't require much of you. You just got to show up. A job, a J-O-B, it doesn't require your heart. Now listen, if you're a kingdom citizen, this is a problem. But once you became born, born again, you are now required to think differently. You're required to think as a giver. You're required to think as a lender. Come on. You're required to think as a change agent. You're required to think as somebody who blesses and not curses. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm going to leave you right there, friends. Uh, with that thought, I hope you got something out of this today. So this was work and its reward. We'll see what the Lord has. Maybe we'll pick up on this in another podcast. But I want to say thank you for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, listen, if we can help you, maybe, maybe you're in a situation and you've just had a job, but you're looking for a place, come on, where those giftings and callings can really come out of you. And you'd just like somebody to agree with you in prayer concerning that. Hey, we can do that for you. Several ways to reach out to us. You can send us an email. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. But listen, we can agree with you concerning these things. You'll get shifted over from just job mentality to locating that garden. Come on. That God has for you to tend. Oh, we thank you, Father, for it. Hey, listen, I want to give a big shout out to those who have uh, financially supported the podcast. It, there is a little cost associated with doing this, and I just want to give a big thank you, thank you, thank you to all who have participated with us in that way. If you would like to join them and either pray for us, that's our first petition for partnership, is that you would just simply pray for the podcast. Pray for me, pray for our team, pray that it would get out where it needs to go. But if you want to go to the, the next thing and maybe make some financial contributions, everything is tax deductible, uh, several ways that you can do that. 
Of course, if you're in the if you're in the United States, you can text to give eight four three two one. That's eight four three two one. Just follow the prompts. You can go to the website gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give, or you can mail a check to us, P.O. Box seven, Harrison, Arkansas seven two six zero two. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City, uh, Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed. <laughs>